This is called simple math. And I know people say you need to write a little mini book for all your wisdom nuggets. I will as soon as I get a spare five minutes. Yeah, it's called, I already have, I have the title at least, Chunk Change and Chunky Money. Okay, so little wisdom nuggets about uh, finances. And why do we talk about it? Why does pastor take the time to talk to you about your finances every week? Uh, John said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health. Two things that Satan was going to attack you daily, if not hourly in. First thing is your money. The second thing is your body. So uh, the whole church service we have here is all a worship service. Worship isn't the worship service. That's music. So we come in here to worship God with a sacrifice of praise. Then we worship God with our tithes and offerings. Then we worship God with putting our attention, attending to the word. The whole thing is worship. And it shows us how to further ourselves. So go to Hebrews 7 too, if you would. And it says, To whom also Abraham gave a tenth. People's like his tithing in the New Testament. Yes, the word tenth is there. And the word tenth in the Greek translates directly into tithe. So tithe means tenth. Part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness. That word first means Abraham gave in the first time, in the first order of place, in the first order of importance, the tenth. This is what Abraham did. So when you get your paycheck on Friday, the very first check you write is tithe. Because what does that say? What was he doing? It says he was honoring God. In other words, God, it doesn't matter who else, me, my wife, my kids, need or want anything, you first. As an honor, see, people think money is a dollar issue. Money is an honor issue, not a dollar issue. Jesus said he gave you the power to get wealth. He gave you the breath. He gave you the legs to get up and go get that wealth. Abraham understood who gave him the power to get what he had. So why would he not honor God first saying, I remember that I have this dollar because you gave it to me. So he said, you first, because God is first. And what did God say about the man that would honor him? He said, you honor me and I'll honor you. So Abraham understood this. And Abraham was not saved and not filled with the Holy Ghost. So we have a better understanding. So it was indicative, that word means of affirmation. So Abraham was going so far even to say, God, I affirm you as first place. I just don't give you lip service. Oh God, you're first in my life and there's nothing that shows you that that you're first. Because where your treasure is, your money is, there your heart is. So when God has your money, uh, all of it, it shouldn't just be a, a tie, that's God's part, but um, he sh- all of it, you should say, God, I'm yours to command. That includes all of my money. So what would you like done with the other 90%? Yeah, but as soon as everybody's doing the 10%, pastor and I will start talking about what to do with the 90. Yeah, first things first, right? Accuracy before speed. Okay, so Abraham, Jesus calls him our father, and he says, you're children of Abraham, so you partake of the same covenant. But notice when it says you're partakers of the same covenant, heirs of the promise. Heirs of the promise, not the tangibleness of the promise. So if I promise Josh something in my will, that doesn't mean he's going to get it. See, God said, it's available to you, but there's every promise has a condition. So you're not heirs of the stuff. You're heirs of the promise. But what you do depends on whether you get the stuff or not. So we walk around going, I'm, I'm, the, I'm blessed of Abraham. It's mine, whatever. Well, you didn't look like you're driving the blessing of Abraham or, or wearing it or living in it. 
Why? Because you haven't learned how to access the tangibleness of the promise. You've just given it lip service without meeting the condition. It's good that we confess scriptures uh, to bring them into our life before we have the manifestation of it, but not disconnecting from the manifestation. Confession brings possession, but we need to understand how to get the possession of it and not just uh, give lip service like we're a parrot. Now say, I'm prosperous, and you go, I'm prosperous but you don't know how to get prosperous. Okay, so that's why pastor takes so much time helping you uh, not just know you're an heir of the promise, but how do you actually obtain the promise? Abraham gave a tenth, a tithe of all his increase before he did anything else with the increase because it was the most important thing to him in his time. So if I I have... um, and we talk about God is an, is an adder and a multiplier. Satan is a divider and a subtractor. So they're both involved in math. And you're, you probably wish you paid more attention in school right now. <laughs> okay, so they're both involved in math. But you need to know which side of the you know, proverbial coin they're on. So I've got a um, dollar's worth of dimes here. So if I have this dollar and I give God a dime... Now, most people struggle right there. They just think, well, I don't have to really give them the dime. You are 100% correct. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go to heaven. You do not have to stop at the stop sign. But there will be consequences <laughs> to everything. But you have been given a free will. Okay, so those that give people a dime, uh, that give God a dime, there's another group of people that, that have a, a gap problem, an issue. They think, well, okay, I'm going to give God a dime because I guess I just have to. I'm obligated, so I'll have to live on 90 cents. And I'll just make do with 90 cents. God does not need your money You need to give it to him so he can meet your need. He's not needy, you're needy. Okay, so he has a plan. So when you put that one dime in his hands, you're not left with 90. So God's a multiplier, yes? Yes. So in the word, there are many sums mentioned in multiplication. You, if you believe the, the verse 30, 60, and 100 fold is about money, it's not. It's about, it could be applied. It's about the sower sows the word. Jesus explained it right under there. He didn't mention money. Uh, so if we said, well, there's a 30-fold denomination, a 60-fold denominator, and a 100-fold denominator... If that's your level of faith, stick with that. I prefer over there in Genesis where God told them him he would multiply them a thousand times more than they are. So if maybe you want to take the thousand-fold denominator. Or if you have great faith, because Jesus talked about no faith, weak faith, little faith, great faith. You can choose your level of faith. Maybe you want to apply the verse exceedingly abundantly above all that we asked or thought. So there's no limit to your multiplication. But for simple math's sake, let's do just a tad of multiplication. So let's say we give God uh, our dime and he multiplies it back to us by the lowest common denominator of faith, 30. This dime gets me $3. Now, I have not 90 cents, $3.90. Now, you don't have to give God your dime. You can keep your dollar or you can have $3.90. How many of you ever watched Let's Make a Deal or Price is Right? Okay, this doesn't take a lot of brain cells to rub, rub together and get some sparks off of. Okay, on how God works. So uh, you can uh, do that. So let's do it by a larger sum. You give God, uh, you make $500 a week and your tithe would be $50 a week, which leaves you intellectually with $450. So let's multiply that again by the weakest level of faith. 50 times 30 is what? 1,500. And now you have 
your 450 plus the 1500. Now you have 1950. So which would you prefer? Door number one, your 500. Or door number two, $1,950. Simple math. And you're like, well, I give that, and the next week, my boss didn't write me a check for that. It doesn't always come in money, but it will always include money. So the devourer's rebuked in your body. It's rebuked in deterioration. The Israelites didn't need shoes for 40 years. Now, we shop for shoes. It's not a matter of need for women. (laughs) Need has nothing to do with it. It's do we want that, okay? But um, so they had no fun for 40 years in the shoe shopping department because they didn't need any shoes. But their stuff didn't wear out. So got everything you have, if you want it to last, your appliances, your car, it doesn't have to wear out. So it, how about the devourer rebuked in your areas of relationship? How about promotions not getting stolen from you? So this multiplies back into your life. God is very interested in you advancing in every area, physically, spiritually, emotionally, winning in life, ruling and reigning in your job, having the highest promotion in your job so that he's glorified because you're a Christian, having the largest amount of pay, more pay than than the company's ever given before. We don't know why we're just giving you a raise. We just don't pay this much. You're like, I know. Yeah, and if they want to know, you'll tell them. But if not, then zip it so you don't be weird. But, uh, <laughs> and so God does not need this, but you need to put it in the hands of the multiplier, the loaves and two fishes. You do not have the ability to ever earn enough money to take care of the plan of God in your life. You can, however, earn enough money to have your little two-bedroom, one-bath apartment, and you four no more. But if you're going to have a plan of God for your life, which you all do, and some of that plan is always to be a blessing to someone else that doesn't have. You're not going to fulfill the plan of God on your life by your own might and power. I don't care if you are have a doctorate from Harvard and you're 50 years old and you make six figures. God will always ask you to do more than is in your power so he gets glory. So if it's within your power, you're not in the will of God. You want a little more math? I love math. So let's say you have a hundredfold faith though. This is good because this is what we're moving toward, right? So we take 10 cents times 100. That's $10 added back to your 90 cents. So maybe you've been tithing for a while and you can believe God that every time you put in your 10%, God's going to give you at least 100 and fold. Now you have $10.90. So what do you want? Keep your dollar or have $10.90. Door number one, wisdom. Door number two, stupidity. There's a line. And sometimes it's a little gray. Yeah. So if you make $500 a week and you take $50 and you're a tither and you get a hundred full return, anybody know the math on that? 5,000. So God's 5,000 plus your 450. Mm, pretty, pretty good return. Yeah. And so anybody ever been in a financial situation, I'm talking about givers uh, here, and that uh, you do not know, you cannot explain to your accountant or to your family or anybody how all this stuff in your life got paid for, and you didn't steal it. Oh, no shoplifting, no five-finger discounts, no, they gave you back the wrong change at McDonald's and you thought it was the blessing of the Lord when there was an extra 20 in there. Yeah. Yeah. that's how we live. One year I was uh, in, uh, when I was still doing cosmetology, my accountant, best accounting firm in the country, Sanford and Odell, do Joyce Meyer and everybody, uh, said to me, you are uh, making more money every year, but you're not raising your prices. How is that? Law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. 
if, if God, and I'm not against raising prices. When God told me to do that, that's what I did. But uh, I could just sew my way to, and, and I wasn't working any more hours. You can work more hours and make more money, but eventually you're going to run out of hours. Yeah, in your day. So uh, how many of you paid attention in school when they taught you about compound interest? Compound interest got nothing on God. Because this blows the door off. Because 3% compound interest, that's good money, but that's not good enough for God's plan in your life. So uh, in other words, God, God leaves it up to you. So if you want to know, what else is God going to bless me besides the money? Well, we don't have enough time. That's Deuteronomy chapter 8. Read the whole chapter. The list is very long of the blessings of God, blessed in the city, blessed in the country. You're just blessed. He covered everything. So that's what your tithe does. It rebukes the devourer. God is interested in blessing you, but he can't unless you follow his instructions. So I wish remember that money is not a dollar issue. It's an honor issue. Amen? So let's receive uh, the tithes and offerings or worship the Lord. And you know, when you put your tithes and offerings in the bucket, don't do it without faith. Some people are doing it and they can't figure out why they're not reaping. It's not an automatic, it's not a slot machine. God, I'm just paying my tithes here. That's why you hear pastor and I say, go grow and I'll see you soon. Money has a voice, therefore money has an ear. I talk to it. So that's going into my future and it's coming back to me on, on every wave. So when you, when you prepare your tithe at home before you come in there, that's when you can start putting your faith on it and praying over it. So by the time you've even gotten in here, you've already prepared that like Abraham did and you've already brought it. But don't put tithes or offerings in the bucket without faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. And so faith is the mixing ingredient in everything spiritually to make it work. So put your faith on it. Lord, thank you that you gave me the power to get that. And thank you that you have the power to multiply that and get it back to my life. Press down, shaken together, running over. Do you give back to me through the hands of men? And, and you decide what your harvest is going to be. Amen? And you keep your mouth on that. And if you need to go home and, and write it down, and the awesome thing is it's probably written down in your Excel sheet or your whatever because you pay taxes at the end. You know how much you gave. You can boldly take that before the throne of God. Father, I not only gave you what you said was yours, what you needed from me, my five loaves and two fish to multiply back to me, but here's the alms I gave to the poor and here's the offerings I gave to your house. And so, Lord, I'm standing on the covenant. Now... You're not an heir of just the promise. You're an heir of the tangible goods of the covenant. Amen. Amen? All right. You should have got ready in that time. All right. Ushers, serve the people.